0: Well, good day, everyone, and welcome to an ESOP Center webinar on Lessons from Lockdown, Reassessing How You Manage Share Plans in a Digital Way. Uh, Many of you out there will know me. I'm Michael Minelli. I am one of the directors as yet, and it is my privilege uh, to be able to introduce uh, this session today. Uh, We're going to be uh, having uh, my job is to get out of the way and let you speak with our, our three experts uh they're going to have a bit of a keynote speech followed by a discussion and then we would like to really involve you the audience uh, in questions so please do uh, feel free to use the GoToWebinar uh, question facility simply uh, type into the chat and i will feel those questions and feed them into the conversation that we're going to have uh, please don't email me uh, i'm here with you uh, and so i will only read those questions afterwards Um, All the questions will be sent to the presenters, so if you want to contact any of the presenters, uh, simply let me know uh, and it will be uh, given to them immediately afterwards. Further, the slides will be up on the website uh, and the recording will be up in approximately two days. So we're looking forward to that. Uh, Just before we start, I'd like to uh, briefly uh, thank our sponsors. We're very lucky within the FS Club to have a wonderful range of technology, economic, and financial sponsors, many of whom are involved in share plans or technology uh, surrounding it. Uh, And here within the ESOP Center, we are very, very privileged to have uh, some fantastic sponsors who are really out there trying to spread the word about employee share ownership, what it does to help businesses, what it does to help employees, what it does for equality, inclusion, and productivity. So there's some big messages out there. Uh, but today, we're going to look at the effects uh, that uh, that COVID-19 has had on us. And we have three experts here today to help us. Uh, Adva Levita, uh, Levitt, sorry, <laughs> uh, Lynette Jacobs uh, and, uh, and Graham Cook. So it's going to be a session where uh, we're going to be having a, a, a presentation uh, from Adva, uh, followed by comments from the other two. And I will warn you, there are a couple of polls out there. Uh, so fingers on buzzers, please. Anyway, with uh, with that said, uh, Ava, I was wondering if I might be able to hand the floor over to you.
1: Ava, we thank you, Marco,
2: hear- um, and welcome everyone. Um, thank you to Graham and Lynette for joining me today. You can't hear me. Okay, good start. Can... Well, we
1: can.
3: We can now.
2: And now? Can you hear me? Yeah.
1: yeah. You
2: can? Okay. I was saying thank you to Marco and welcome for everyone and thank you for Graham and Lynette for joining me. I'm going to kick off by spending some time looking at the world of managing based themes with the use of technology, but Graham and Lynette, um, will you please interrupt me with any questions as we go along? Um, we will move into, the, we'll, after that, move into discussion session with our panel speakers and questions from the audience. Can everyone still hear me?
1: Yes. Yeah.
2: Okay. So the world of COVID today is coming and going in waves, and has most of us following a similar emotional pattern in one way or another. The vast majority of us still do remain hopeful that this reality will one day pass, and that we will be able to return to a normal. Although we remain doubtful whether that normal will look the same as the old normal, and whether certain aspects such as remote working will not be here to stay to some degree or another. One undeniable impact of our current environment is that it has forced the business world to look at empowering the employees to work from home and to ensure this can be done efficiently and securely. For most of us, the frustrations of working from home are very familiar by now. The challenges of coordinating manual paper-based tasks, fighting to get updated data from our now remote colleagues, or dealing with the stress of accessing and transferring sensitive information. But while we have seen that remote working has exacerbated the risks of managing process and communicating with our people effectively, we have also found opportunities for innovative tech solutions to step in and to manage these challenges. In fact, our dependency on technology is now undeniable. Um, So I'd like to start But by by looking at the the relationship between technology and humans, one thing I must point out is that the dependency, uh, the the technology does not take away from the dependency of humans at all, but it certainly should make it easier for for us to avoid human error, to allow us to work across teams and geographical locations in an integrated manner, and to provide a safe space for sensitive data to be transferred, especially Uh in an environment Highly regulated by stringent data protection
1: laws. Sorry, Lynette, do you want to ask? Sorry, I, apologies. Yes, yeah, sorry. Um, when you said before about kind of, as you rightly said, our technology is now undeniable. Our reliance on mm-hmm. it. What do you think, therefore, yeah. a company should look out for when it decides on the technology to manage its share-based plans? And how do you see the relationship between people and the technology? So. so-
2: Fair question, very good question. I think like, as I was saying, so, so it doesn't take away from the dependency of humans, but you know, what a, what a digital process manager will do is remove the reliance on individual knowledge, on a key individual knowledge. And it allows for transparency and continuity within an organization. Mm-hmm. Um, to answer your, your, your second part of your question, um, when you're considering a solution, we need to keep in mind that not all technology is equal and that obviously specialist tasks will require specialist technologies. So, for example, when considering a technology-based um, a, a, a technology system, in fact, to manage your share-based schemes, you want to make sure that the system you choose will allow for greater flexibility to optimize incentive scheme workflows and to incorporate a wide range of activities rather than just catering for a particular set of circumstances. The required flexibility would include incorporating things like different share scheme types, settlement and performance conditions, vesting profile tax rules and individual limits. Technology should not provide a temporary short-term fix to alleviate existing challenges, but rather a flexible, watertight solution that is robust enough to cater for a variety of workflow scenarios. So if you don't mind, I'll take a minute to look at the day to processes involved in managing your share-based plans. Managing incentive schemes, whether equity or cash settled, is made up of a number of detailed and most of the time complex processes. These include the design and testing of new awards, the process of issuing new awards, managing the performance vesting conditions and making sure that the end-to-end settlement process runs smoothly without any delays or errors. These activities usually need input from internal and external subject matter experts, which further emphasises the need to have streamlined process in place. There are also many stakeholders involved in this process, including management, remuneration and rewards teams, finance and tax, cosec and legal. So although we don't have time to go all through all the process in detail, I will quickly touch base on a few and how they can be effi- effectively executed using the support of technology. Let's begin by looking at the design and testing of our schemes. Reward and remuneration teams are tasked with the important role of designing an appropriate incentive scheme that is suitable and relevant to the group, its divisions and shareholders and then to test the impact that it has on the company's financials over the life of the proposed scheme. Some of the many considerations that would need to be taken account during this process would include the suitability of the awards, and any performance conditions being considered, consideration of best practice and market practice guidelines, understanding the fair value calculations of any considered ones, as well as the full accounting analysis such as budgeting and amortization tables. So it's really not that difficult to understand the risks involved in this process. We have many stakeholders across the business that need to contribute and approve to an often time sensitive decision making process The complexity of valuations, budgeting, and scenario analysis are either carried out using large unreliable spreadsheets or alternatively outsourced, adding additional strain to implementation timelines. The end result is that you don't want these delays and challenges to lead to rash decision making and the implementation of a scheme that may be unsuitable. So the question is how can a technology assist with this? By implementing the correct technology, you are providing the relevant teams with the tools and accelerators to make data-driven decisions. It means that your technology should give you the flexibility to design and test all types of plans in line with regulatory limits and tax rules, but should also help you to simplify complex
1: valuations, budgets and scenario analysis. Can I just ask again, sorry, you mentioned the new award issue process. which is always an interesting one. Are you able to talk us through how technology can assist with this as well, please?
2: Thank you. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, the award-issued process has actually always been one to stump me. Although the process is generally not complicated in its nature, it is traditionally highly manual and paper-based, which makes it time-consuming and prone to error. And I often cannot believe how even many of the larger companies still follow a relatively manual approach with this. Using a manual process will require multiple checks and approval at each stage, emails and recipient details need to be checked one by one, and follow-ups on absolute nightmare. While this has always been the case, these challenges have obviously been exacerbated by the reality of a more remote working world, and as many of us will know, the successful uptake of any scheme hinges on this process. With the guidance of technology, tasks follow a simple step-by-step process with the clear trail, which makes monitoring simple. Letters are dynamically populated with individual terms so that the risk of connecting fields incorrectly is mitigated. You don't want to have to clean up the mess of sending letters or communication to the wrong person. Award letters are then issued online in an access-controlled environment, which can be accepted and tracked digitally and timestamped, making both communication and follow-ups easy and secure. And on this note, um, if you're happy, we want to go to a poll quickly. We'd like to know how many of you have maintained your new award issue process manually, partly manually, or totally automated? Michael, if you can help me with this one.
0: Indeed, um, folks, the poll is up there now. Um, so please answer, has your new award issue remained a manual process? Yes, totally, uh, be partly, or uh, see it's uh, to- totally automated. So. Um, Questions there. Uh, I'm just looking at the votes. Uh, Voting in the chat room.
2: Good. Fingers on buzzers. uh,
0: Okay, I'll be closing the poll in just a moment. People could just uh, put their votes in. Great. I'm going to close the poll and uh, share the results wow so you can see that b partly uh, is uh, far and away the winner was 71 percent of the audience
2: yes better than yeah better than totally auto totally uh, manual we would be happy with that as a start good <laughs> is, that, is that what you I thought think, you'd yeah, do yeah to be honest i thought maybe maybe a I thought majority would be in partly, but I thought maybe a little bit more totally manual. We have come across a lot of clients across the world that are are only now considering to move away from totally manual. Um, And that's almost irrelevant as to the size and the geographical dispersion of their employees. So I thought I'd see more there, which is surprising, but I did think most of it would be in partly. Um, Okay, so thank you guys.
1: It
3: shows you Have that we've again. still got more work to do. It, it, it shows you that we've still got a lot more work to do in terms of a getting lot people more work to
2: do man. exactly exactly a lot more people to still benefit from the from the the, 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 the benefits of automation on this on this process and that's exactly what we've seen that's exactly right um, okay so thank you for that guys uh, that was really interesting to see. Um, so, the last poll that I quickly wanted to touch base on today, before moving into our discussion, um, was that of vesting. Um, as you know, the, managing appropriate deferred profiles, retention conditions and performance vesting conditions is yet another complicated process that you, you, you have to deal with in what I would imagine is already not a boring day that you have on a daily basis. But this shouldn't prevent you from issuing a scheme that is most appropriate to your business. Like many of the other administration tasks, ongoing vesting management is reliant on key skills, transparency and human precision that involves many complex calculations and they have a direct impact on the employee's payout. Vesting calculations cannot always be performed in-house without a live data source and outsourcing is usually an expensive, expensive option. When the correct technology is introduced, task management mechanisms and system controls are used to remind administrators of upcoming tasks and prompt proper processes to be followed since there are many moving parts to this process digital tech can allow access to many stakeholders with different access rights to perform and approve the different tasks um, if we look also at the calculation requirements over here you need to make sure that a robust solution can assist with vesting estimates and vesting result calculations not only during not only at the end of a vesting period but also during the life of a grant. These calculations should be automated and pull live data to produce fully transparent vesting reports that can be shared with the Remco and other stakeholders. So while we have briefly touched base on some of the day-to-day processes that can be optimized with the use of technology, keeping your employees engaged and updated remains an imperative part of the process that would similarly require technological intervention. At the same time every organization needs to ensure that any newly implemented process remains compliant with the in a world of ever-changing regulation. So if you're happy I'm going to kick off the discussion over here with Graham. Graham, can you talk to us how you've seen tech has impacted employee engagement in 2020?
3: Um, yeah hi everyone um, did, did, before we kick off did we introduce ourselves as in what our backgrounds are? People might just be thinking who's, we who's this guy see see talking
2: see about C- <laughs> C- to a um, detailed CV that marco sent through but go ahead
3: okay well look background back, back i was a, a former journalist going back i think 13 years back in the northeast of england uh moved into communications and, and pr Worked for a number of different companies such as uh, uh bt and, and Heathrow, qvc uh last company i worked at was microsoft so I've seen a lot of different changes in that period of time with regards to employee engagement, the tech, how it's changed from 10 years ago to now is, is huge and obviously with the the pandemic everyone's had to get the grips with technology fairly quickly Um, not just with share plans but uh, across the board. Um, I think it was a report I read 71% of HR professionals have said this is the most stressful year in their career and the, and the biggest challenge they've got is uh, continuing to connect with employees and maintain that culture and, and doing it remotely so um zoom so, uh, social platforms like zoom uh, teams um, yammer everyone has had to adopt these if they didn't adopt them before some businesses were were better than others um and it made that trans. Transferring across to a more virtual way of working uh, a lot easier um, and at Eximia, we worked predominantly virtually, working remotely from home a lot of the time. Um, we would adopted that culture so it was, it was easy for us. In Microsoft it was the same, I was there previously, most people were happy to work virtually. If I think of the companies I've worked at in the past, I can't imagine how difficult it's been for them. To actually start to engage with people in this new reality, um, but speaking to ex colleagues they've they've had to adapt in you know with varying degrees of success. Um, but that is going away. That's going to continue to um, drive employee engagement. And I also think with smartphones now, we we'll can see a lot more, and we have started to see more businesses communicating with their employees, particularly frontline employees who don't necessarily have uh, computer access. Um, we, we're seeing more engagement through mobile phones um, and, the, and the virtual energy. It's not just mobile and, and social platforms as well. We've got um, more businesses starting to use employee apps. Um, I know Vodafone, um, BT have started to use um, employee apps now to communicate with their staff. Um, emails still being used. Intranet is, is starting to be used more, e-newsletters are starting to be used more. And we're also seeing more people use, harness the power of videos, because I think videos is such a powerful way to communicate a message. Um, so you've got Microsoft Stream, it's like an internal YouTube channel, more people are starting to use that to get across their messages uh, for, for things like share plans, uh, online events are important, and also podcasts for for people who are on the move. Um, so it's, it's all of this tech is starting to be uh, adopted, which is good to see.
2: Graham, just to interrupt you there, what we've also seen is, you know, you mentioned the, the the apps, the specific apps that a lot of companies have launched and we found that a lot of these companies will integrate um, communication on sensitive information such as ensuring employees and, and board issues via that type of app um, to, mm. to, to increase communication, to increase uptake um, and to have it all on one, you know one system and one platform so we've also seen a lot of that from our side which is i think that's really important
1: I
3: think how people communicate outside of the office and people use their mobile phones a lot they will they'll go on facebook they'll go on twitter they'll go on instagram and then they get to work and previously they were having to work in a in, in communicate in a completely different way so i think now businesses are starting yeah. to get up this think, well actually we need to be more innovative we need to start embracing this new technology um and it's good to see this is setting up these these apps i think um it's it, this is the future and, it, and if your business you don't think is ready for this at the moment it it will be further down the line so it's it's, it, it's good to get on board with it now um if you think you look back say, say 10 years ago what yes, skype Steve. was like even, even five years ago what skype was like it was grainy it wasn't it wasn't the best i never particularly liked using it i always said oh i want to meet people in person face to face i still like seeing people face to face Although we can't do it that, that much at the moment but the the technology is is a, is a miles away from what it used to be five years ago so imagine what it's going to be like in another five years that maybe people will think is far-fetched um now actually will be the norm in, in the not so distant future. So it's it's good to embrace that tech now.
2: Absolutely, yeah, absolutely. And we need to, as you say, whether I mean, it's, it's it's accelerated in a big way and, and for those who aren't ready for it, we need to be prepared in one way or another. But can I ask you, Lynette, obviously with all of this, um, there's a lot of changing illegal implications and a lot of us sit there saying, is this acceptable, is this not, can I do this? Um, now, can you talk us through how you can like formally and legally like sign a binding contract when it comes when it comes in in the electronic fashion?
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you, Adva. That's a very good question. So basically forming the contract, um, when everything's being done electronically. Um, the general rule under English law is that a contract doesn't need to be in a, in any particular form in order to be legally binding. So clearly we're all used to having papers that we sign and you know someone watches a sign it and witnesses it because it's a deed. Um, But really, um, the key issue is that the traditional form of law contracts just applies in the electronic communications um, era as well. So you have the usual requirements for forming a contract. So the need for offer, acceptance, consideration, intention to create a legal relationship, and certainty of terms. But that doesn't prevent a contract being made by email or by clicking a button. So, you know, click I accept on a website, provided those key elements are present. we hear obviously now people have either electronic signatures or digi- digital signatures in terms of what those mean so an electronic signature is data in an electronic form which is attached to or logically associated with the other data in electronic form and which the signature uses to sign the contract it can take many different forms so for example the signature typing their name or initials at the bottom of an electronic document such as an email or in a signature block that you have on the word document Sometimes it's also using a scanned handwritten signature that's incorporated into the electronic document or pasting an image of a manuscript signature into an electronic document. It can be as simple as just clicking an I accept or I agree button on the website. That may well be on many of the portals that you're managing. Um, You can use a stylus or finger to sign electronic documents via via a touchscreen or digital pad. I'm always terrible at that when they they deliver things, I'm trying to write my signature. Um, Using a web-based (laughs) e-signing platform such as Adobe Sign or DocuSign that many people who are listening today might be coming across. Digital signatures, they're more more technologically advanced and they're more secure type of electronic signature. You tend to see those more in civil law jurisdictions and particularly in highly regulated industries, so banking and pharma and they work slightly differently. They use a combination of the cloud and public key infrastructure. Um, and so therefore you can use a digital signature via a web browser or mobile application. I think another thing that you need to think about is um, many documents need to be signed as deeds. So for example, an award on an executive type share plan or a power of attorney, and our potential issues with witnesses, um, but things are getting better on that. Back in 2019, the Law Commission issued a report that they looked at electronic signature. Unfortunately, this is where we are now with uh, COVID and lockdowns, they confirmed, they conclude that it is capable of in law of being used to validly execute a document, including a deed, by the person signing the document intends to authenticate it, and any applicable formalities relating to the execution of that document are satisfied. Um, The instrument does still need to be signed in the presence of a witness who who attests the signature. Obviously there's been discussion about, particularly now with lockdown, what does that presence mean? Um, I think again, it's becoming sort of easier and, you know, someone looking through a window possibly, or now in the second lockdown being outside and someone watching you from their slight social distance to see who's signing on an iPad, so there are ways and means around it.
2: Okay, it's getting more and more interesting certainly is. <laughs> oh, yeah, definitely. Um, and in terms of uh, any other specific legal issues on, on the discretionary plan um, environment?
1: So yeah, one of the things you want to be a sort of important with discretionary share plans is to make sure that the key issues are acknowledged by the participant. So you've obviously got first of all the tax liability, you want them to be signing something that a, a, Exhibits their understanding that they and their undertaking to cover that tax liability. Equally for executive plans, particularly those involving um, senior management and executive directors, that they acknowledge the possibility of malice and clawback, and also the fact that the remuneration committee of the company will have discretion to amend the size of awards depending on what happens. So what you need to do is you have to have that integrated into the offer and acceptance process that we've been discussing just before, and where you recommend that participants are specifically asked to accept those provisions. They're using technology that won't allow them to accept the award without simultaneously acknowledging that those provisions bite on them and apply to them. Okay, okay,
2: that makes sense. Um, Graham, what do you think in terms of uh, other communication trends we may see in 2021?
3: Um, well, I think it's going to be a continuation of this digital transformation that we've seen um, without doubt. I think the the, um, the 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 normal way of work is gone and i think even when when we get through this pandemic uh the the way that people work now you look what google's done um they've set up i think more hubs for people to work from but they've they've made it it, it's open to people how they use that their time whether they work from home um to to get a better work-life balance i think that conversation on work-life balance is being sort of thrust into everyone's um, vocabulary, people people want to talk about, is the nine to five in an office the right way to work? And I think more people have actually found out that it's, it's better not to work in that way. Um, someone I'm very, very close to co- worked from home for the last 10 years and all of his colleagues said, um, sort of, oh, you're more than the a today and you've, you, you've gone to the shops today, have you? That they, they now realise you can actually get more done sometimes working from home. Than you would traveling in and commuting into the office every day. Um, so I think that work-life balance is going to be a trend and in, in tech to, to um make sure people can be can be flexible and agile. Personalization of communications. you marketeers have personalised comms for a long time. And I think internal comms teams now are getting wind of this, something Ximia has done and embraced uh, for, for a while anyway. Um, but people want personalized communications. And they want a personalized journey. You think when you sign up to a, a company, um, like I've got a, a contract with EE, the, I will get bespoke text and emails that are right for me. Um, which guide me over a 12 month period. And I think we're going to see more engagement that way where employees get uh, a personalized journey, which is right for them as opposed to ad hoc communications that are a top down sent, um, which, is is a positive um and also like i said this digital transformation is going to continue from i read something earlier in the week where one percent of uh, i.t spend goes towards frontline um digital enablement which i think is madness i think it it should be much more than that we should be spending a lot more money in terms of engaging with employees and I, i think this is certainly going to be the case going forward um, and and particularly when we're trying to become more efficient and, and businesses are trying to, to save money and save time. Um, Harvard released a report that said we, we waste three hours a week looking for information. Imagine the, the, a business, if you add up those hours of people searching for information and, and turn it into to pounds or dollars, it's going to be millions for, for a lot of businesses just but wasted on people trying to find the right information. So I think and giving them the the tools particularly frontline workers who haven't had access to computers before giving them the tools to be able to do that is going to be key um qr codes for instance as an example people i think and i was one of these who was guilty that thought you had to download an app to then get a qr code and i, I couldn't really be bothered now with what happens with uh, the nhs in the uk you see a lot of the posters with the qr codes it's, it's Post me now to get up to think, Oh, actually, it's quite easy to do this. And you just use your camera and you get this information. So why not? Why we're wasting so much money on, on print and, and, and posters. Actually, we could focus more on, on QR codes to get that information out there. Um, I think the, uh, we mentioned about employee apps before. I think that's going to be a trend in 2021. This may not be for 2021, but it is going to be the future is with the, the introduction of 5g it's going to look, unlock the potential for so much tech that it's going to help people communicate messages such as share plans so wearable technology um virtual reality i think wearable technology actually is, is where it's going to be more seen well if you had a watch and people would know if you were in a business they would know about you know where you were in that business at that particular time they would know what time you were on they would know if you were working if you were moving around you could get bespoke comms about a particular topic at a time that's best for you. That may sound far-fetched, but that is where it's going to go uh, without doubt. And I think businesses, the more they get on board with that as soon as possible, um, the better. Like I say, 5G and, and wearable technology may not be for 2021, but certainly employee apps and personalization of comms is, is the direction people are going in.
1: Graham, can I ask you, do you think tech is right for everybody?
3: Well, at the moment, the sh- short answer for now is no. Long term, yes. And it, Michael put up there a slide that says know your audience. That's what it comes down to. And it's easy for me to sit here and talk about the future of technology and um, what everyone should be adopting. And it, I understand it costs money, and you need to know your audience fundamentally. You, you, if you do a comms audit and you, under, you get underneath the skin of the business, you can find out what channels work. What don't work if you're going to communicate share plans look at the data what has worked in the past what has driven engagement um once you know your audience and you segment your audience then you can decide what the best channels are because sometimes you know virtual channels are are important but there's still channels out there such as gifts such as um Sort of letters that some people still receive are hard, hard copy letters. Um, not everyone has access to a computer and a mobile phone. So we, we need to be mindful of them. And I, I understand from the businesses I've worked in in the past, um, not, it's, it's not a one size fits all. So once you've got that comms audit, you know your audience, you can build, uh, the, the, the right channel mix for you with the right message. Um, however, even though those audiences now may not be digitally enabled, they will be in the future so you need to keep your eye on what what is happening in in your industry what is happening in the world of communications and it's something eximia pride itself on as in we've got our eye on what the future is and we look at the, that innovative technology and think is it right for this business is it right for our client? and if it is we will propose it and we'll adopt it and then more often than not you will see the engagement rates go go up and it's it's finding Finding that right mix for, the, for that particular business, um, and then yeah, also it comes to it comes to the content as well. Because if you don't have the right content, you can have as many technology uh, tools and you can invest so much into IT as much as you want. If you don't have content that's going to cut through the noise, you're wasting your time because people won't understand it. We talk a lot about jargon busting in in Eximia. I, I walked into the world of, of share plans and, and governance. I was drowning in um in acronyms and and te- in terms which I, I, I didn't understand. So it was probably good to have fresh eyes on it to think, well, actually, let's let's try and demystify some of these terms and terms that people in your in your field take for granted. Um, so it's like whether it's vesting, you know, some people might think that's something you wear when you're called. It it's it's words like that, people think, Well, we know what vesting is, it's obvious what it is. But actually people outside probably don't so it's it's about demystifying it you do that with content and it's minimum words maximum impact telling a story in a way that's going to resonate with people when you mix that with a with a, a channel mix that works you've got it cracked then so it's uh, it's it's a mixture of all those different things but it's a very long answer to a, a, a short question i'm I, i'm sorry for that but i know um,
2: It was a good answer. What I was going to say there, you were talking about the innovative technology, you know, as as a company who have done a lot of uh, uh, share plan communication uh, via the likes, across the world, but via the likes of Africa, um, we have been involved in many very interesting, innovative ways of communicating, as you say, with, with individuals that don't necessarily have, they may have access to phones, but they don't have the money for the data, or they may not have the access to phones, or, and, and, and worked with some very interesting companies in interesting way in getting the information to these people. And as you correctly say, sometimes even needing to adjust the content of the information to, to explain it in, in a more simple way or an easier way or in, in another language or whatever the case may be. Um, so it is, and, and you see more and more of that, you know, to get out to these, uh, to these type of people who are, have got access in various ways, not the ones we may be used to. Well, let's,
0: um, what's let's, what's let's turn to the you audience for a second, if we could. Uh, be interested to see what they feel about uh, it the is, way that
1: they Yes, yes, yes. You yeah. see
0: a poll up here. Um, has your employer's employee engagement changed since COVID, you know, for the better, about the same, or for the worse? So uh, folks, uh,
3: fingers on buzzers, much faster this time. Great. What's going to be the odds on favourite, do you think? Yeah, good
1: question. <laughs>
0: I think you're going to be surprised. Uh, oh, Strong, it's yes. better or the same. So, you know, very good stuff there. Look, there are a few questions out here from the audience that I, I think would uh, be good to feed in in the limited time available. Um, I mean, I mean, one of them is um, you, you mentioned on one of your slides uh, about gamification. Have you got an example or two of that?
2: Um, so gamification, you know, so it's a, it's a very, it's a word we use very loosely, but I think the idea is to take a complicated process and make it into a step by step process that, um, nothing can fork through the cracks, nothing that, nothing can be mixed, um, messed up or, 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 lost in the system. Um, and that it allows the integrated approach of all the, the players, all the departments, all the, teams across the, the, the globe or even sitting in the same part of the globe remotely to work together. So um, so to have to basically gamify the process in a way that makes it easy and simple to follow. Um, and, yeah, I, I mean, as I say, I think a, a word that we, we use loosely because it is a complicated process, but um, a, a, a something that takes away Um, the the need from one you know from a a key individual um, reliance or or dependency and turns it into a system into a process that can be kept kept going within the organisation across the board.
3: Um, I think gamification, by the way, something Eximia is is passionate about you know using with our clients. I know when I was in house at BT we did it for a health and safety campaign. And you think health and safety, you think oh my you know it's it's not the not always the most exciting um but we were able to get across quite serious information by getting people to get play a number of different games it was like snakes and ladders and and space invaders and quite quite basic games but we did it so we, each team had uh, was given points so created a bit of competition between different teams and then once they complete the level they would get a message that would flash up about health and safety and it was all integrated so although people weren't Probably tuning in for the health and safety messages. They were getting it, and actually, um, rates of, of health and safety accidents in that area went down because these messages were starting to get through. Um, Whilst well, so, so you know, it's um, a it's a, a, a good. Graham, uh, in,
0: uh, in you raised the uh, point earlier about uh, wearables and things, and I, actually, I it's already here. I've, I've got a client out in West London, the facilities management space. Uh, the employees, as you said, know your audience. were loath to yeah. put apps on their phone that would track them and all of that. They didn't like that out of hours. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, so the firm actually went to a Middle Eastern company uh, that provided watches for thousands of them, and the watches are trackable. But the employees are happy to have all that track when they're on work, but they then take the watch off and they can they can stick it somewhere. So it's an interesting behavioral oh, attitude cool. here. Now, Ian from yeah. West London asks, uh, do you think the propensity for employees to welcome tech solutions for things like share plans is a generational thing, uh, younger employees keener than older ones, or a role thing. Those who use IT as part of their work compared with those who have little or no use of IT in their work. Obviously, it's a bit of both. But what's your experience of adoption across these different cohorts?
3: In, in, for, well, for, for tech, for in, in terms of employee engagement, I think millennials now. Those 96% of millennials have a smartphone. Something like that. It, it, it's part of their life. It's not. It's not something that they're they're, they're um, flummoxed by. Um, obviously, IT people are, are comfortable with tech as well. Um, but I would say it, it's it's partly generational. I think more the, the 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 younger the the workforce, the more keen they are to adopt this type of of tech because they're not going through that change curve. And if you think like people, if you, if you're in a, in a, in a role that's never really needed a high level of tech and, you know, outside of the office, you were never reliant on tech, then suddenly this being thrust upon you might, it's going to be a change in the brain. They'll be going, look, I don't want to, um, I, I don't want to engage with this and they'll, they'll push away. But there is a way if you, you can guide people through that change curve with bite sized chunks of information to make it easier for them, speak the language that's right for them. Um, you can guide them through it absolutely um, it, it's not a, a lost cause by any means and we've seen it um with the work we do um little and often the right information even the most you know the people who are less likely to adopt tech are, are now embracing it and they've had to in a sense but even then it's it's you can you can still dig your heels in and say well I'm, I'm not comfortable with this um but i think more people most people are embracing it but certainly younger people have, have talked to it very, very easily mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think that and I, I agree with what you're saying, you know, there is obviously some um, differentials amongst different demographics and different, age, you know, whether it's age group or type of work they're doing. But I know with a number of our clients where, and I'm, I'm sure everyone has seen this, where people are moving on to portals and digitalizing everything, they've seen huge higher take ups in all kinds of share plans, it's, you know, exponentials.
0: Yeah. I might yeah, also point so out some of the some of the some of the space. There's a deeper level of tech than just apps on phones or the the interface with the client. Uh, I, I know of a trades union that for nearly 15 years runs a system that is contacting millions of its members, but it works out for each individual member what is the best mode of contact for the message that it's giving, and it uses a deep machine learning tool to do that. Uh, so you know, would a nurse a specific nurse like to be contacted mm-hmm. by text? Uh, branch secretary letter, uh, email, you know, various bits. What time of day is best for them? Uh, and it actually uses this uh, machine learning technology to individually to personalize every single message that it gets out. Uh, we've got time for just a, one other uh, little question. This is a uh, Liz uh, from East London. Uh, she's uh, sort of curious. Uh, isn't a lot of this moving on to the biggest challenge of all, which is perhaps learning how to permanently manage people? Uh, and not depend on them being physically present in the office. We've too often been managing by attendance and not managing by commitment or output.
2: Um, I, I think there's a definite uh, definite big part to that. Um, and I think that's one of the you know one of the things that Lagrange like, was talking about that it that will become less and it, it becomes inevitable as we go along. So, you know we we're living in that world to an extent today um, where we have to be at home. You know, depending on where we are, we almost have to be at home. and and slowly but surely, um companies and employers are learning to monitor people in various ways. but um we know that we're living in a very, very fast world at the moment, and it's not going to take long for these um for these monitoring methods to to explode and to become more and more, Sophisticated and very quickly. So I have no doubt if we have this, this exact conversation today, in in three months' time, six months' time, and definitely twelve months' time, um, that's exactly what it's going to be about. About um, different ways and different probably ways we haven't even imagined. You know, as William said, you know, if we, you know, if if, if we had the conversation you know, five years ago about the tech we use today, we, you know, you would probably be put in a mental institution. But, um, and I'm sure it applies for, for that type of technology in in much quicker than that, in probably a year's time. So I think 100%, that is exactly what we, what we're heading for. And um, it will become more and more used as will as will you know, remote working and um, the need to monitor and the need to communicate in all levels with employees. I think also, uh, sorry,
1: just, sorry, oh, sorry. Oh, sorry, I think it also just I think it is still all important to remember that we are all humans and it's communicating as humans. So, you know, in what we use a lot is we're using teams. So I think remember to speak to people, speak to your colleagues, speak to wider members of the teams. We have team socials, and um, we have yeah within our smaller teams and within our larger groups. And yeah, I think it is very important, you know, that everyone's human, everyone wants to know whether it's in your work life, your social life that other people are caring for you. And just as it's always been, you'll get much better performance and cooperation if you show that as well. Yeah,
2: yeah. absolutely.
0: And Graham, did you want to make a final closing statement?
3: Because we running out of time. I think that's one thing that we we do lack with with relying on tech in the, in the short term. Mm-hmm. We haven't got used to actually having the social conversations as much. It's all very functional, you know, meeting after meeting, and you talk about work, and you don't have the chit chat you used to have in an office. And um, we were saying about tech and, and, and where it will be in 10 years time. I was in a, a Microsoft event where they had um, they used AI and uh, a hologram to there was someone in a different room that appeared in the room that the audience was in speaking, they were speaking in English and it was a hologram of them appeared in the rooms, dressed exactly the same, looking exactly the same, speaking Japanese. And I think you can and translate it automatically. So as she spoke from wherever she was, appeared in a totally different room as herself, speaking a different language to sort of the, the audience was a, a Japanese audience and they spoke Japanese, then they would understand what you're saying. That, that sounds like something from Star Trek, but this is, this is happening now. And, and, and I think a lot of businesses think, well, that's, that's not for me. And it may not be in the short term, but these things are happening. And I think it will start to impact all of us in different ways that we don't even realise it's going to impact us in the, in the future. So the quicker people can embrace the tech, I think it's better for everyone. Well,
0: sadly, I've got to use the tech to draw this to a close. Um, it's been a really good discussion, um, very vibrant, and the audience are, are sending in uh, various thank yous and compliments, but uh, we have hit time um, as ever in life. Um, and I just need to close on a, on three points, if I might. I'll come back to thank you in a minute. Uh, but firstly, uh, thanks very much to um, our audience uh, for Participating and being here today, just a reminder that there are quite a few resources. Uh, if you are a member of uh, the employee of the ESOP Center, you, you can go and get uh, our news pad, which is our monthly publication, as as well as a variety of bulletins. I'd like to thank, as ever, our sponsors for their generosity and allowing us uh, to to have sessions like this and I hope that they're proud of of this one in particular. A lot of good hard work went into this, and it showed in the quality of the discussion. Um, I would also like to point out we have a number of forthcoming webinars. Uh, We're going to have a a legend in the financial sector, Herbie Skeet, uh, talking about his his journey from paper tape uh, up into low latency markets, Uh, but beyond. Herbie has certainly uh, not finished his work and we're looking at a number of other things next week. But Lynette, you you mentioned in fact digital signatures uh, and particularly that interesting distinction between uh, civil code and common law. And we, in fact, at the end of the month are having a session from Poland uh, talking just about digital signatures and their importance across the EU and their variations. Uh, So folks, uh, do feel free to tune into that one as well. Details on the website as ever. But lastly, I, I, I have to thank God for Lynette and Graham for uh, putting today together and for arranging uh, to have such a such a vibrant discussion on such an important topic. I was delighted, of course, by the polls, which showed that our audience is getting a, a positive message out uh, about employee engagement post-Covid, which is it's nice to hear in, in an era when we're all sort of locked in our rabbit hutches. And as we are locked in our rabbit hutches, I'm unable to open the floodgates of audience applause, uh, but I do have here my uh, Korean karmic clapper uh, from my Buddhist temple in Bulgoksa, and I would like to say thank you. Uh,
1: it's thank been you. a delight and we
0: hope to see uh, many thank of these great Mark. improvements over the year to come. Thanks thank you. Thank you. thank
1: you.
2: thank you everyone. Thank
1: Take care. Thanks.